Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Big news, everybody. Hang on. I feel like I need to have like a breaking news sounder on this because this is a big deal. This is a very, very, very big deal. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Satan. We killed him. He's down. He's dead. Knocked him right out. Apparently, he was in Iowa. Um, he was in Iowa, and he was beheaded. It's a Christmas miracle. Um, I think this is uh, soon to be sainted, or maybe he's an angel already. I'm not sure. Fellow by the name of Michael Cassidy. A 35-year-old Navy Reserve instructor pilot did the slaying of Satan. Now, he is facing some criminal charges because apparently, I guess the DA in this precinct or in this district uh, maybe worked for Satan or something. I don't know. I mean, they were they are lawyers, so it's... Oh, I kid. I kid the lawyers. Um, he's being charged with fourth-degree criminal mischief after allegedly... Tearing down and beheading a Satanist statue. Oh, it's just a statue. Okay, never mind. It was just a, okay, just a statue. But it was on display at the Iowa State Capitol. Because, see, for a lot of the youngsters, a lot of the millennials and Gen Zs, uh, who I know listen to this program religiously, um, they, uh, they may not have known this, but there was a time during uh, the formative years of of us Gen Xers when a whole bunch of baby boomer Satanists engaged in just a remarkable amount of dumbassery over the separation of church and state. I mean, this was just, you know, dumbassery at galactic proportions, you know, where if you're not, um, you know, you can't have the the Ten Commandments here. You can't have a statue of them there. You can't uh, have in God we trust anywhere there. You can't do this there. No, no Christmas tree there and all this. And look, my position on this has always been, as far as I can recall, um, like at the City Hall where they're like, we want to be able to put the nativity scene at City Hall. Okay, well, that is... That the courts have said you can't do that. It's promoting a religion, whatever. And so separation of church and state, even though that's not anywhere in the Constitution, does not prohibit people from public expressions of their faith when they are engaged in uh, political or government activity. They are allowed to do that. But the the, the problem is you're using um, you're using the government and taxpayer funded uh, properties and resources. Like if you're buying the nativity or something, right? You got to store it, whatever. You're maintaining it. You're running lights out to it. And unless you're going to do it for everybody, right, then you can't do it for one because then any, you got to take all you got to take all comers at that point. And so uh, the left leftists, this was back in the days when they were like there, it was very edgy, you know, 
to make up a bunch of religions. There was, what was it, the flying spaghetti monster, Pastafarians, I think. That's the one down in Florida they created with the flying spaghetti monster. And so they put that thing up on display every year. I mean, they've really committed to the bit. They're not actually Pastafarians. That's, I mean, it, cute name, kind of cultural. Pro- oh, my gosh. Hang on. How have they not been canceled for cultural appropriation at this point? You're mocking the Rastafarians out of Jamaica. No, right? Are you not? The island Jamaica, not the, the nation, not Jamaica, Queens. And, right. Like, seems to me, seems to me like uh, some uh, some activists might want to take a look at the appropriation and the, the racism under, uh, underlying that appropriation for the Pastafarian groups. I bet you're going to find a bunch of, you know, 80-year-old awfuls, you know, affluent white female liberals. I, I'm, I would put money on it. I would put money on it. Anyway, there was this period of time where they were going around doing these things and challenging all of the, all of the courthouses all around the country. Remember the guy, what was his name? Moore, was that the guy? Not, no, or am I, wait a minute. He was a judge, remember, and he had the Ten Commandments. He posted them up in his courtroom and then all this kerfuffle. I mean, this was back when we had really tough issues because the peace dividend, the fall of communism. We were like, yay, peace. And then it's like, whoa, I got to fight about something. And so we started fighting about whether or not we could, you know, look upon the word God in any kind of government uh, setting. And so the Satanists, in protest of having to walk past or see a Christmas tree, because that's apparently what prompted all of this was like some sort of uh, celebration of Christmas. I don't know if it was a racially segregated one or not, like they were doing in Boston. I don't know if it was a whites not allowed party or something, but they put up some display. And so the Satanists were like, well, if you're going to put up a Christmas tree, which like, I'm really sure that's a celebration of Christianity, you know, not for nothing there, but uh, whatever. So they're like, we're going to put a Christmas tree. We're going to put up a, a statue of our God, because Satanism is a religion. Okay, like, these these are trolls. This, these were the trolls before the internet existed. That's who these people are. These are the people, like that guy who took the crucifix and submerged it upside down in a jar of urine uh, and uh, uh, closed the lid on it, and uh, I think took a picture of it maybe, and then that became an art exhibit. Because there was nothing edgier or cooler than attacking the Catholic Church and Christianity in general. Remember Sinead O'Connor ripping up the picture of the Pope? I mean, those were the golden days, man. Like people, like leftists who needed, you know, to vent some like daddy issues or something or had to work through some past traumas, you know, they were, uh, they were in high cotton going after the church because there was like this, everybody was like, yes. We have no more. Uh, we have no more commies to worry about. So then, like Hollywood was very like keen to find like who do we who do we cast as the bad guys now? Because the the breakaway republics hadn't broken away yet, so it was all still kind of just up in the air. And we're like, well, we don't want to like be saying you know bad things about the Russians because now they're okay because they they collapsed and now they're going to be doing all these good things and stuff. They're going to be like us, and so we don't want to make them the bad guys. So they started doing like some. Uh, like Middle Eastern terrorist types of people, and that quickly became, no, 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 you can't do that anymore. But luckily, the breakaway republics broke away 
Putin comes into power a little bit later, and now it's like, oh, thank goodness. Like, yes, we've got some, you know, villains that are once again, you know, white folks. Anyway, so uh, that was sort of the, this was the golden age of the, uh, the edgy, uh, awfuls, the boomer uh, lefty crowd. The golden age where they were, where they were able to like be so brave and stuff uh, by attacking Christianity. And so they, you know, the Satanists put up their statue. This is a long, this is, you know, an example in this long line of, uh, of microaggressions, dare I call them. And this guy apparently tore down their statue and beheaded it. He slayed Satan right then and there, right on the, right at the state capitol. Uh, the, uh, well, it's actually wasn't Satan. It was just their statue of something called Baphomet, 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 Baphomet. It's a horned demon. They adopted it for worship, which I don't know why. Like, don't we have enough images of Satan? Like, you, there's like a ton of different images. Why would you need these other things to worship if you are a Satanist? Like, I got, I got questions already about this. Are you really Satanists if you're putting up a statue of somebody that's not Satan? You know, it just seems weird to me. But um, anyway, uh, they also had a bunch of lit candles that were there as well. Um, and so he, he, he tore all of that down. And uh, he has now been charged fourth degree mischief, criminal mischief. And um, he put up a crowdfunding campaign and immediately hit it. So he's got his legal bills covered now, too. So he's got that going for him. He also apparently ran for... Uh, Congress at one point in the past, or 2022, last year down in Mississippi. And I am curious, though. Like, if I'm him, I'm, I'm, I'm pleading guilty. I'm like, I did it. Absolutely. Charge me. I'll plead guilty to it, too. Whatever punishment you want to give me, I will gladly take it. Dude's a legend, right? Roy Moore, I should have, see, I said Roy Moore, and I thought, no, that's not right. That's the guy that got in trouble for, like, macking on the, the, the young teenage girl. Remember all of that? And then he ran for U.S. Senate, and it was just scandal, scandal. I had forgotten that was the Ten Commandments judge guy. Like 2001 or something, he put the Ten Commandments up, and everybody lost their minds, you remember? Same guy. Thank you. Yes, it was Roy Moore. Um. Another good point here I got from Mark on the Twitter machine who said that the uh, Pastafarians, the fake religion that they made up in order to, to troll Christians, um, it also, because they their, their deity that they created was called the Flying Spaghetti Monster, I think is what they called it, and um, that's a mockery. Uh, not just of the Pastafari, or not just the Rastafarians, because you've you've co-opted and corrupted and appropriated their name, the, you know, Rastafarian, Rastafari, right? You've taken their religion and you're mocking it with this parody word, um, but also with the the creation of your deity, you are you're also mocking Italians. Although that's not going to actually get you anywhere because they're European. And so I'm sorry, they're not. Yeah, but you can mock them still. So, sorry. At, well, remember, this was a very big deal. Then the Italian American community is very sensitive to this, right? Remember the, uh, during the, I mentioned it twice now in, in one show, The Sopranos. 
right? The documentary series, The Sopranos. They were very, very upset all the time about the anti-Italian uh, bigotry in America, right? Where this uh, mob tied up uh, uh, or mob, yeah, 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 this mob tied uh, family is very upset about uh, them being depicted as mobsters. So, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about Michael Cassidy. He is the uh, he's the guy that beheaded the Satanist statue at uh, at the Iowa State Capitol that they had put up there. Um, and on Twitter, X Twitter, he put up a uh, a Bible quote today. As uh, the former president might call it, one Peter five eight. Um, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The, sat- uh, the Satanic Temple posted a video of the broken display on Facebook, stating that the statue had been broken beyond repair. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm just so torn up about it. Cry harder, Satan. All right. Um <laughs> There you go. What else? Oh, bit of breaking news from CNN. The former head of counterintelligence for the FBI's New York field office was sentenced to a little more than four years in prison for working for a sanctioned Russian oligarch. Yeah, Charles McGonigal, 22-year veteran of the FBI, pleaded guilty over the summer to one count of conspiracy to violate U.S. sanctions and money laundering for working for Oleg Deripaska, a wealthy Russian with close ties to Russian President Vladimir Putiput. Judge Jennifer Reardon sentenced McGonagall to 50 months in prison. 5-0, so almost five years. That's just below the statutory max of five years. The judge ordered him to surrender to prison on February 26th. Not mentioned anywhere in the story from CNN. This was the guy who was leading the FBI field office that was focusing on the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. And that guy was actually working for the Russians. Iron law of woke projection never fails. The uh, oh, Hang on a second. I just saw these come down on the... Uh, on the X Twitter machine here, UN Human Rights. Uh, they have their they have a Twitter account, UN Human Rights, and uh, they put a hashtag out for Gaza, and um, it says Israel's because you know Israel has been um, flooding the tunnels, the the terrorists' tunnels. You know that they that they keep hostages in, and they move all sorts of material like uh, rockets and such, and weaponry and all the food and humanitarian aid that uh, they have been depriving uh, the Palestinians of, of having. Uh, so they, they move all that stuff around in the tunnels underneath Gaza, like the 300 miles of tunnels or whatever. And so the other day we talked about how Israel had uh, set up a whole pumping operation um, right next to the sea, um, with the Mediterranean Sea, which is the other part of that chant, you know, from the river to the sea. That's the sea, the Mediterranean. So they're like, hey, let's bring in a bunch of this salt water. And we're going to pump it right down into some of their terror tunnels. 
and you don't need a whole lot of water to do it. I mean, you do need a lot of water. Don't get me wrong. That's why they got the pumps and everything. But they got it. You don't need a lot of water into the tunnels. You don't need to fill the tunnels all the way up in order to do a lot of damage to them because it's salt water. And Hamas has rigged up electricity down there and all this. I mean, you get billions and billions and billions of dollars in international aid. And, uh, yeah, you can build an entire fortress, a castle under uh, the open air prison, so to speak. So, um they're pumping all the water in there. So the UN Human Rights uh, Committee, or what is it? I don't even know. What, what is the hum, UN Human Rights Office, who is led by a high commissioner? Well, that makes that actually makes a lot of sense. If the commissioner's high, then that explains this tweet. Uh, they say, uh, quote, Israel's flooding of tunnels with salt water could have severe adverse human rights impacts. Some long-term. Yes. I hope so. I hope it. I hope they are very long-term. I hope they are permanently long-term. They go on to say, goods indispensable to civilian survival could also be at risk, as well as widespread long-term and severe environmental damage. Civilians must be protected. Wait a minute. She's so saying civilians are in the tunnels? Are this, no, no, civilians aren't in the tunnels. The tunnels are for Hamas. Hamas has been very clear about that. They do not put their civilians in the tunnels. They don't build any bomb shelters. They need them to die so they get the PR. They've been very clear about this. Have you not seen the videos? Have you not seen the interviews? Maybe the UN hasn't watched them. I'm not sure. But what is this is hilarious in its inadvertent admission here. What are they admitting to? What is the UN acknowledging? That Hamas is using the tunnels to take all the humanitarian aid. That's because that's what the UN is worried about. These are indispensable goods. Hang on. Aren't you supposed to be distributing it up at the, at, at, is it the, at the crossing, right? At the border with Egypt, Rafa, aren't you supposed to be doing it there? Like what's, what's the deal with that? There was another inadvertent admission. This one by the New York times, they were doing uh, a, a, uh, a piece on the released Israeli hostages. And uh, so they are, they're quoting uh, one of the hostages uh, now released who says um, that they were mostly held in a room in an apartment in Gaza with the windows closed, <clears throat> except for a bit of fresh air in the early mornings. But the heavily armed captors also moved them and this woman and her children to different apartments, tunnels, a mosque, even a destroyed supermarket. Did you catch it? A mosque. What? Why would you be bringing hostages to a mosque? Hmm. Oh, I'm sure it's for their own protection. Right. That was. Yeah, they, by the way, uh, I suspect the reason why Hamas has stopped the hostage exchange is because uh, all of them are dead at this point. That's that, that's my belief. But I don't know that. But I just find it to be interesting that the New York Times is not curious as to why a mosque would be a place that Hamas would take hostages. They're hostages. I don't know. I, I do know. I, obviously, everybody understands why they would use... Right. So this way, if Israel tries to go in and... and save the hostages and kills a bunch of people at the mosque, what does Hamas get to say? 
Oh, my God. And what does the U.N. get to say? And what are the Democrats and media? But I repeat myself. What do they get to say? They get to say, oh, they targeted a mosque. Like, do you guys not understand, like, when Israel and, and every honest observer, when they all say the same thing, like, hey, they're using, you know, civilians as human shields. They want their own people to be murdered so this way they can use it for PR purposes. Do you not understand those words that we're saying? Like, when we... Because those are like that's what Hamas has said themselves. They they have said this too. This is their tactic. I don't know. It's very weird. It's kind of like it's almost like uh, CNN not mentioning anything at all about Charles McGonigal, who just got to, oh he got sentenced to uh, fifty months. Now Ben, who you know, Ben's Ben's fine. Ben is a bit of a troll for me, but um, so he sends in this uh, message. And he says, Pete, so uh, it's Friday, so I'll help you with your math. 50 months is four years and months, not five years. Have a blessed weekend. Oh, yes, I, I, I will try. But um, did I say that 50 months was four years? Did I say that? Or five years? I did not. I said he got 50 months in prison just under the maximum of five years. That's what I said. You know how I know I said that? Because it's on the paper. And I was, I read it right off the, right there, right off of the CNN paper. That's how I know what I said. Isn't that amazing? But thanks for the uh, helpful correction. It's Friday, so I'll help you as well. Because I'm a giver too. Have a blessed weekend, Ben. Thank you. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even because being prepared is just smart Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency in Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com veteran owned Carolina Readiness Supply will you be ready when the lights go out a California moving company known for promoting its youthful chiseled furniture movers is now in hot water with the federal government the name of the company, it's not the college hunk one. It's not them. But it's all on the same lines. This one's called Meathead Movers. It was sued by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, for refusing to hire people based on age, which actually I feel like that they've got a solid case here because you don't have to be young to be a meathead. I've, I've encountered a lot of old meatheads too. I kid the meathead. Um, EEOC is accusing the largest independent moving company in California of failing to recruit and hire applicants over 40 into moving, packing, and customer service positions. Okay. All right. Okay. Over 40? Dude, if I'm hiring meathead movers and and somebody my age shows up, I'm going to be like, oh, man, I'm going to have to help this person. You know? Since Democrats gained control of the EEOC in August, the lawsuit could be an important case on how the Biden administration navigates age discrimination cases because the civilian labor force is getting 
older, increasingly older, you know. Uh, the department estimated that over the next decade, the number of people age 65 and older in the workforce will grow by one-third. The moving company has been famous on, for social media promotions of student-athletes that are seen pumping iron before grabbing furniture. Um, they do competitions in what they call the Meathead Olympics, and they show beefy young dudes quickly assembling boxes. The company is also known for its wrestling tournament called the Meathead Mover International or Invitational. Rather, We are 100% open to hiring anybody at any age if they can do the job, says the company owner. Uh, owner. Uh, people love working at Meathead, or they are turned off by how hard it is. You have to move furniture, and you have to run to get more, which, like, that to me... They got to run that. Okay. That's a bit much. That is a bit much. Apparently um, they frequently encourage their own employees to recruit new people to work for the company from gyms and colleges. And honestly, I'm thinking that's brilliant. I think it's a brilliant move. And the guys, the owner's like, we had no idea we were doing anything wrong. We're just a moving company. We hire a lot of student athletes. He says, we are, we're, we're open to changing and evolving, but we can't go out of business doing it. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll monitor the situation, see how it moves. Um, it took over a year. It took over a year. But cops finally got their man. This story comes to us out of Queens, New York. A robbery from back in September of 2022. They finally got the suspect. I'll tell you how. Two six packs of shiner, 99 cent butane lighter, lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler, take a gas at all to do her. I can feel a good one coming on. Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard, sing along to Redneck Mother. So the robbery happened at a tobacco shop in Queens on September 14, 2022. Three masked men jump out of a Mazda and enter the store. Two of the guys point guns at employees. Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang followed us down to the lake and didn't have to think about that too long. Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight. Situation couldn't be more right. Two guys pull guns, the other one empties the cash, they grab a bunch of merchandise, they take off. A year goes by, they release the video footage. How did they ID this guy, one of the, the, one of the robbers? 
His underwear. His pants were hanging down and he had brightly colored briefs with a large letter R written in white and then the year 1990 written in yellow. And so what's the moral of this story? If you're going to go crime, don't wear underwear. That's that's what I take away from it. All right. Y'all have a good weekend. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Good one.